0: As has been our custom the last few weeks, I want to open with a psalm, read Psalm 94. And here you will see um, echoes of the things we're going to talk about today, which is God's justice and God's mercy. Psalms 94 says, O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth, rise up, O judge of the earth, repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exalt? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evil-doers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner, they murder the fatherless, and they say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke them? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, and they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from the days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people, and he will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright at heart will follow it. Who rises up for for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against the evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the ears I'm sorry, when the cares of my heart were many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those whose frame injustice by statute? they band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold, and my God, the rock of my refuge. He will bring back to them their iniquity and wipe them out for the wickedness. The Lord, our God will wipe them out. So we've been looking at for several weeks now, the things that God is, the things that God are his attributes. We might call them, but not attributes like you and I have them, where they are a part of what we are, but his attributes are what he is. And so he is never more one than the other. He is never less than what he is. He's never more than what he is. He simply is We've talked about how God is self-sufficient, how he is eternal, how he is immutable, that is, he doesn't change, how he has omnipresence, he is in all places, he is all-powerful, and he knows all things. We've talked about how he is wisdom and how he was self-existent, he was beginning before anything else was. We talked last week about how he is good and how he is faithful to us and how well that fit in with our Thanksgiving season we think about the goodness and faithfulness that God is toward us and today for just a few minutes I'd like to look at two other things that God is both seemingly to our own personal minds contradictory God is just but God is also mercy we'll talk about mercy in just a minute but justice this is a concept that is probably not too difficult for us to grasp although Anymore in our society seems to be going by the wayside very quickly. Justice is something done as it should be. Justice is the dispensing, if you will, of punishment for what is done that is wrong. But justice also includes an aspect of rewarding what is done that is right. And so justice is a standard by which we live. And justice... As we pointed out, is something that God is. God does not have more justice at some point than another. God is not less just at one point than another. So justice is very important. It is a part of what God is. And he is not bound by it because he is justice. So a couple of verses to help us think in the right way. We turn back to Psalms 92, verse 2. Let me just read with verse 1 to go with it. But the focus is verse 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and, th- and sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning, your faithfulness by night. So when we are looking here at steadfastness, at righteousness. We will often see that righteousness and justice are used interchangeably throughout the Scripture. They're not quite the same thing, but they're very Similar to say that God is justice, to say that he is true, that he is accurate, that he is holy, that in fact he is righteous. So righteousness and justice are very important attributes to what God is and who he is. Now, we must point out something that's not hard for us to understand, that we are not just in our dealings. We are not just in the way that we treat each other. We're not just in the way that we behave. And all we have to do is just contemplate for just a few minutes some of the things that went on last week. I'm not being specific. I'm just being general. And we'll realize that we are not just in the way that God is just. I have mentioned this once before or multiple times before. When we think about children, we have to teach children to do what we think is good and right. We don't have to teach them to do the things that we don't want them to do. They're stealing toys from each other before we know which end is up. And very likely some of the first words they learn is no, (laughs) which they throw back very quickly in our face right now. On the contrary, we are born into sin. We are born unjust and we have to learn to do right to be just And so if we want to try and compare and understand that God is justice, let us also contend and understand that we are the exact opposite of justice. We are unjust. We are injustice. And so we can think about this with a word, an old word. And this word, I'm going to just pause here on this for just a minute and probably should spend some more time discussing these words. But we hear a lot of words, Bantered about back and forth today. One of them is inequality or equality. That means all things being equal. But equity means something entirely different. Equity means just. Now, it implies that there's an equalness to it sometimes, but as two entirely different words that our society is liking to merge together and then mingle together and come out with something that is anything but equity and justice. And they're being misused. And so when we think about the word justice and what it means, and we think about God being just, we can think about him being equity. That is, he is perfect and justice. And this is where we get the idea that we are inequity, as in not perfect, not justice. And so when we talk about inequity, we think about our sins. So if God is love, then we end up being oftentimes things that hate other things. Right. Are you with me? That's inequity. That is an injustice. That is not justice. That is not what God wants us to be. We miss the mark. That is exactly what sin is. We are not just people. We can act in justice ways at certain times and in certain ways, but we are not just in and of ourselves. In fact, we are exactly the opposite. Daniel 9 and 7 says, To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. You see, when we really stand back and compare ourselves with a just, perfect God, we realize that we are nothing but open shame. In other places, the scripture says we're a a pile of dead bones and dead body parts. We are nothing compared to him who is the very essence of what it means to be just and equitable. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, none is righteous, or you could say just, no, not one. None of us, no matter how quote-unquote good we think we are, are at the same or even close to the same level of justice that God is. Colossians 1.21, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds... Some translations will say alienated. They will translate that as enemies. And I like to really point this out because it meant a lot to me, I think, when I was struggling. Understand, if you have not been saved by God's grace, if you have not experienced the forgiveness for your sins... If you have not become a new creature that the Bible talks about, because of God's justice, because of its righteousness, you are an enemy to God. This is why it is so vital that we have a proper view of who and what God is. Because when you understand, When God reveals to your heart through creation, as we talked about in Romans chapter 1, just standing outside and seeing the things that God has made will tell you who and what He is. Or when you hear it from my voice, when you realize that God is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, that He is eternal, that He is self-existence, that He is all of these things that I've been endeavoring to preach on for weeks... God is everything. He is outside of time because he made time. He is outside of creation because he made creation. If he has all these powers and he is all these things and you are God's enemy. I feel like I could just sit down. If you are not saved by his grace, you are God's enemy. Who wants to be his enemy? No one who has any idea of the things I just said. And yet, it is, in fact, truth. If you have not been saved by his grace, then you are his enemy. You have been alienated, and your mind is hostile toward God. That's right. The God who made you, the God who could take you out at any point in time he deems necessary the God who doesn't need you to be any greater than what he is, because he is as great as he can be. You are hostile in mind toward him and you do evil deeds. You are unjust. Your sin or inequity, again, which is not justice, is contrary to God's very nature and offensive to him. We, by our sinful nature, offend God and are his enemies. We're his enemies. And justice says what? We must be punished as such. That's what justice is. If God is going to be just and righteous, which he is, there must be punishment for what? The fact that we fight against him. The fact that every thought we have is hostile toward him. When God punishes us, the wicked, the unjust, it is because he is just. See, we struggle with this all the time. You ever had a hard time holding somebody else accountable to something because you've done it too? Go ahead and shake your head. See, God doesn't struggle with that at all. Because he's never done something wrong. God can be and is perfectly just every single time he punishes us because he is above that because he has never been those things that we are. He has never been unjust because it would violate the very essence of who he is. Yet at the same time, when he spares the wicked, when he spares the sinful, he's also just. Because it's compatible with his goodness. And so this brings us to a problem for our feeble minds to understand. It's the great question of all time, it really is. And if you've not considered it, you really should. It goes something like this If God is just and I am not, how can I be forgiven? And I pose this question multiple times since I've been here and it is a theme that should be repeated many, many, many times because we must thoroughly understand how is it is possible that God can still be just and give the punishment that I deserve and yet still it'll come in a minute, have mercy and give me hope and forgiveness because if God is truly just, he can't just simply forgive it, can he? How can God be just and justify the unjust? Well, I'll tell you how. It's through the work of Jesus Christ, who is an atonement for our sins. You see, justice is not violated, but satisfied by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, as part of God, came to earth and was fully God and fully man. We've mentioned this recently. Let that sit for just a minute. Fully God, yet fully man. Born of a virgin. This is the time of the year we talk about this. And we begin to understand when we have a proper view of God, why these things are important. It's not just a nice part of the story that he was born of a virgin. No, he had to be why, because he had to not be under the curse of sin. And the only way to do that was to not be born of a earthly father because sin is passed from Adam unto all generations. So he had to be born of a virgin because he had to have the opportunity to be perfect. And he walked on this earth for 33 some odd years and he never once sinned. I bet I couldn't go 10 minutes. I'm serious. Yet he spent his entire life and was without blame. He was just. Why was he just? Because he was God. Yet. Yet. There was the option for him to sin. Why? Because he was also man. And his sacrifice, his redemption on my behalf, is what makes it possible for there to be God's justice that turns into his satisfaction with a payment for my sin. The just penalty for our sin was laid on Christ as my substitute. And because of our sin, we are under a death sentence, a judgment, which has resulted when justice confronts our moral situation. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you never caught that before. It's a beautiful verse. It's encouraging to us. First John one, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why is he just to forgive us? Because my sin has been paid for by Jesus Christ, because he took my place for what I deserved And took all the sin that I have done, that I am doing, and that I will do. In fact, the entire sin debt of the world and took it upon himself and experienced death on my behalf. That's why he is faithful and just to forgive us when we confess to him. You see, it's beautiful when we really step back. And begin to understand what is going on here. Let me read Isaiah 1.18. Another verse that's commonly discussed this time of year. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. See, here's something that is difficult for us to grasp. And I dare say that there are some who struggle with this far more than others. But the reality is very clear. When Christ pays the debt for our sins, when we are justified by our faith through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our sins that blotted us like red, as it says here, becomes as white as wool, as nothing. So when Christ looks at me, he doesn't look at me and see all the times that I've sinned. He looks at me and sees what? The complete purity of someone who is just, even though I'm not, because of Jesus Christ. And so brothers and sisters, you can carry around all you want to, the sin that plagued your life prior to being saved and even the sin that has struggled you have struggled with since being saved but the reality is when Christ looks at you he doesn't see your sin any longer if you've been saved he sees the purity that is applied through his son to you we can be just because he is just we can be forgiven Because he has paid the penalty for us. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. There is no sin. And there are no multiple sins that can be so bad that God can't save you. That he won't apply his justice to you. Now, as I said, these two things go hand in hand. God's justice on one hand is who and what he is, but God's mercy is also something else that we should discuss. What is mercy? It's an infinite and inexhaustible energy where God is actively compassionate. Compassionate. Inexhaustible energy where God is actively compassionate toward us. It kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with his goodness. He's good to us because he is good. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. So we know that God is rich in mercy. That is, in fact, what he is. He is mercy. He's also just. So here's the question. If judgment is God's justice... Confronting our inequality. Then mercy is God's goodness confronting our suffering and our guilt. I try not to compare often Christianity, if you will, broadly speaking, with other religions. Because there is very little to compare. But sometimes it's kind of maybe a little helpful for us to do that. Did you know this is the only religion that looks at justice and mercy this way? If you look at almost any other religion, whether it's an ancient like pagan religion or something like that, there's this idea that God is just, but then he just sets aside his justice to be nice to people. God doesn't set aside his justice because of mercy. Mercy. God is mercy, and God is justice. Those two things never, ever change in our faith. And He is able to be apply mercy to us and still see us in a just way because of His Son. Again, we often will attribute this, and it's like, you know, we show up in a courtroom and we stand before the great white throne of judgment and God says, well, you know, today we're going to set aside justice so we can apply mercy. No. God forgiving you for what you've done is justice. God punishing you for what you've done is justice. Mercy is the difference. And God's mercy does not take away from his justice. Now, do I stand here fully convinced of this, that I completely understand this? No. I don't know that I can. That's the point. Any more than I can understand what it means that God's eternal I can know what it means, and I can spend my time trying to understand it, but it's hard to fully grasp because I am a created being, and I am unable to understand everything about God. Mercy didn't begin when Christ died. Mercy is a common theme all through Scripture. In fact, if you look in the Old Testament, it's mentioned like four times more than it is in the New Testament. Yet a lot of times you will hear people talk about how we're in the, the age of grace or the age of mercy. Somehow things are different after Christ came than they were before. But mercy has been there since the beginning. Why? Because God was there since the beginning and God is mercy. It's not like for thousands of years there was no such thing as mercy. and all of a sudden mercy came up when Jesus Christ came. Mercy was the plan from the beginning. Mercy is what God is. And if God is present in the Old Testament, there is mercy. And if God is present in the New Testament, there is mercy. And if God is present today, there is mercy. And so let us not think that this is some type of new thing that's going on here. Whenever and wherever God is, mercy is there as well. Now, here's one other thing about mercy We don't really have any claim on it. And by that I mean we don't deserve it and we can't earn it. Exodus 33, 19 says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. God will have mercy on whoever he wants to have mercy and still be just. We can do lots of good things but none of it actually earns his mercy or his favor. God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. Turn with me to Ephesians 2. I want to spend just a few minutes there. Ephesians chapter 2, first 10 verses. As you're turning, I'll begin reading Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked which he loved us, even when we were dead on our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now there's a lot to unpack in this, so let me be very brief here. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Here's the reality. If you do not know the free pardon of sin, if you have not been saved, the Bible teaches not only that you are an enemy of God, but that you are already dead in your sin. You are not alive. You're not alive. And you will be punished for what you have done. And God is just and right to send you to hell forever, which is what the scripture says will happen to you. It's totally his justice, totally in line with who he is. Why? Because you are his enemy. And he will send you away. You are already dead in your trespasses and sins in which you walk. Following the course of this world, following the prince and power of the air, I don't know that I can say any more clear than what the scripture has for very obvious reasons, but understand what this is saying to you who do not know the Lord. You are his enemy. You are dead and you are actually following the prince and power of the air, which is the devil. But God being rich in his mercy Because of the great love with which He had for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Brothers and sisters, it is because of the sacrifice that God sent His Son to give that you can be alive, that you can be awakened to a new life, that you can be a person who walks after God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of anything that you've done, not of any merit that you have, not because you are a good person, not because you came and shook my hand or signed a card, not because you were baptized, not because of anything at all other than His grace and your faith in Him. You can be brought to a new life. You can receive His mercy. is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a good work for you to do. He wants you to do it, but you have to be saved first. You have to put your faith in him. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, but God being rich in mercy has sought to save us. So here's my almost closing question. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that today? Do you truly believe because you can spend your entire life knowing everything that I just said and never actually believing and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss his mercy. You're going to miss his love. You're going to miss his forgiveness and you're going to experience the justice that results in his wrath rightfully given. To receive mercy... We must first know that God is mercy. Again, this is why this is so important for us to understand who and what God is. If we want God's mercy, we must know that he is merciful. It's not enough just to believe that he once showed mercy. We must believe that God's mercy is in fact boundless, free, given to us through Jesus Christ. It's also not enough just to ask for it. We actually have to believe. We must actually have faith. Oh, there are many scriptures that talk about calling on the name of the Lord and believing. But understand that every single time it talks about that, that is more than just a simple, yes, I agree to this, Yes, I believe it, as in like, I believe the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's talking about having faith. And you may know all about God's mercy, but never receive it because you never truly believe it. And the question today is, will you actually believe it? Will you actually put your faith in him? Or will you just say, well, I know that's true, and walk out of here unchanged? For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. See, you can come here all the time and hear everything that I'm saying. And having not really believed, having not submitted to God's righteousness, you have, may have a zeal for God. But not according to to knowledge, true knowledge, deep knowledge that you know, that you know, that you know that you're saved for good news comes to us just as to them but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were unfitted by faith those who would listen is do you have faith in what And the mercy of God. You see, there is nothing in God's justice that forbids mercy. And I am thankful that he gave mercy. Are you not? I'm thankful that he's just. Because no matter how upset I might get at the things and people of this world who do things that are wrong, you know what? Someday God is going to be just and there will be rightful punishment. And at the same time, when I look at the people on TV and I read the people in the news so I'm upset about and want God to be just too, I also am thankful for what? His mercy for me. And let's be very real. We should be thankful for and pray for the mercy of those who we want to have justice on. Luke 18 and 13 The tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. See, this is a beautiful representation of how someone comes to know the Lord. Because what does it say later about him? That he went up to his house justified. Forgiven of his sins. Because why? Because he had faith. Because he believed. Because he came humbly to God and he begged him, Have mercy on me, someone who doesn't deserve it. And when putting his faith in him, when in all essence falling to his knees, this is not even looking up, beating his breast in repentance, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He ended up being justified and receiving mercy when he needed it. And he was, as you could say today, saved. Even before Christ was crucified. How? Because he had faith that Christ would come and pay the penalty. The same as we have faith that Christ did came and did pay the penalty if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so if you are listening to me today and you realize that god will be just with you and that you are in fact his enemy that everything that you do is contrary to who and what God is, then what do you have to do? Go to him and beg for his mercy. Understand that he is just and will punish. And if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Beat your chest if you need to, fall to ground if you need to, cry if you need to. Whatever you need to do to get this through, to understand that you need God to forgive you, that you need his mercy because you have been unjust. You have been the exact opposite of what God is. To cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I close with these last few verses. Isaiah forty five twenty one through 23. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other gods beside me. A righteous God and a savior. There is none besides me turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other by myself. I have sworn from my mouth has gone out into righteousness, a word that shall not return to me. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall swear allegiance. At some point, Every knee is going to bow anyway before an almighty just God. Before a God who is full of mercy. Whether it's in this life or the one to come, you will at some point recognize who and what God is. The immutable, infallible, all-loving, just God who is in all places at all times, who is self-existent, who never ends, who is eternity. You will know that, and you will bow to your face in repentance before a just God. But here's the thing. You may come to this knowledge in hell, or you'll come to this knowledge before you get there. And so the real question today is, what are you going to do about it? I've tried my hardest to tell you the truth. I've tried my hardest to explain that God is just and he will punish those who are wicked. And guess what? You're wicked. But I've also tried my hardest to tell you that God is also mercy and will give you pardon based on the finished and complete work of Jesus Christ, that it doesn't lessen his justice because that is a part of what he is, It's not a portion of what he is, and it doesn't lessen his mercy because that is a part of what he is, not a portion of who he is. You today can no longer, if you put your faith in him, be an enemy of him, but you can be his friend. You can receive justice and mercy. You can put your faith in him, or you can walk out the door unchanged unrepentive an enemy like you were when you came in God will have mercy on who he will have mercy and if he is speaking today to you to your heart as it were if he is reminding you of your state before him, if he is reminding you and convicting you in your heart of his justice and your injustice, of his mercy and your lack of mercy, then I beg of you to move toward him in mercy. Just as the sinner. Beat your chest. Fall to the ground. Do whatever it is that you need to do. But whatever you do, Find his justice and find his mercy.